0: You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, happy holidays, pal. Happy holidays to you again. Also. I know. I'm delighted that we got to see each other actually in person today. We did. I saw your tree. You saw my Christmas tree. It's still lit up behind me right now. It doesn't have a topper yet because we're waiting for one that, uh, like when you get a puppy, we're waiting for that one that comes to us. You know what I mean? (laughs) We also don't want a tree topper that's going to pee all over the place. Well, I did see that Haunted tree. Mansion tree topper. I went online oh, and checked it out. It's crazy. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, I was telling, for those of you who don't know, each year Hallmark comes out with their keepsake ornament collection, which is like everything from like an interesting sculpture of your favorite starship or football player to insanely intricate technical ones like this. Uh, there's the Haunted Mansion, the actual mansion itself. Mm-hmm. Which lights up and plays the entirety of Paul Freeze's narration and the music. But then there are satellite ornaments. So there's a Madame we live Leota. live in the future, my friend. And when, uh, when it gets to the Madame Leota part, she lights up and does her whole thing. And then the hitchhiking ghost is, so, and they're, I guess they're coming out with more every year, as Ken tells me. It's Ken's fault I got into this. I spent way too much money it's on pretty four incredible. ornaments, all of which talk.
0: Or play music. It feels like these are these ornaments, these keepsake ornaments, and we're not sponsored by Hallmark, but I wish these keepsake ornaments that come out every year seem right up your alley because Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, here's a piece of pop culture and beautifully sculpted versions of, let's be honest, toys from this pop culture thing with, it's just like many of the things that are on the shelf behind you. It's just that these have a hook in the top of their head.
1: This is one of many things I've bought and I want everyone to know. I want this like entered and etched into the living rock of Stonehenge, which is when I die in a debtor's prison, it will directly be <laughs> Ken Plume's fault because yeah. all he does, like half of what he shares with me, if it's not like a TikTok that I got to first, cause I was, yeah. I've been, I've been <laughs> crap scrolling around on that thing for longer. It's something that costs a ton of money that I want. Like the Empire Strikes Back thing that we talked about previously. Oh yeah. Like I wanted that, and I was like, "That's too much money." And then I started buying them. Now you can't get that one,
0: and I'm looking at it on eBay, and it's See? already like thirty dollars more. And I'm like, I can't even. Now you know how, whenever Ken sends you something to buy, you buy it. No, this is this is bad. Hey, what's the living rock of Stonehenge? It's from Spinal Tap. Oh, okay.
1: The history remains hewn into the living rock of Stonehenge. <laughs>
0: But if, they, if that's gonna be in there, not that well. I wasn't listening to everything legacy, you were saying, yeah. but that's stuck in my head. I I didn't remember that they called it the Living Rock. Yeah, Stonehenge. no one knows
1: who they were or what they were doing, but their legacy remains <laughs> hewn into the Living Rock
0: of Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Anyway, now if they had, do they have Spinal Tap Christmas tree ornaments? I feel like every movie ever made has yeah. ornaments, like Ellen yeah. DeGeneres' Mister Wrong. Probably has ornaments (laughs) that you can get and hang (laughs) on your tree. Bill Coleman breaking his own finger. (laughs) Uh, Hey, we're going to get our My Father the Hero tree topper. Come on, everybody. It's (laughs)
1: Depardieu. Depardieu, head out to Hallmark to buy yours today. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Don't forget to pick up your sphere ornament collection. They all make noises (laughs) from the movie. (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, as you may or may not have guessed by the title of the podcast that you clicked on, (laughs) today we're talking about iconic pop culture Christmas trees. You seemed skeptical when we started this one, Hal, because like myself, you didn't know that there were that many pop culture Christmas trees. I can think of two that climbed to the top of the pile right off the bat, but in digging a little bit, there are several great Christmas trees that have shown up. In the canon of pop culture, Christmas movies and TV shows and just in the world at large.
1: Yeah, I see some in here where I go, okay, like that's a notable tree. Some of them, Mm. a couple of these just seem like the trees in things. There's one missing here that I would add if you're going to put all these in.
0: Well, we'll get to that in a second after we give you, the person of the world, the list that we are dealing with, that we're going to start with, which will now be a list of ten. It's currently a list of nine trees. I will go down that list. Now, there are a few from movies. There is the tree they chopped down that's too big for the house in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. There is uh, this here tree. You ain't never going to find no finer tree than this here tree from A Christmas Story. Oh, that is is one. I didn't even see it on there. I, I blind... I. Sorry, we just watched Christmas Story, like, the other day, too. Oh, it's it was so good. No, that's them balsams. I don't know why. The weirdest line in the movie, and delivered in the weirdest way, like, I suddenly I don't trust balsams, and I mm-hmm. don't know why. Mm-hmm. Then we, of course, have the tree whose bell rings, giving Clarence his wings, the tree from It's a Wonderful Life, that beautiful tinsel-covered masterpiece in black and white. We have Charlie Brown's Little Christmas Branch from A Charlie Brown Christmas... That is decorated in the end by the whole community to turn into a beautiful little Christmas tree. There is, of course, the Bent Whoville tree from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Major plot points. That's a big thing in this is they're all major plot points happen with these particular trees. The tree in Elf, not so much. It's really just a sight gag, but I threw it on the list anyway because it's such a fun leap that whoever was Will Ferrell's stunt double in that moment did. It's a perfect moment. There are, of course, two national trees that get lit on television every year. That is the National Christmas Tree in Washington, D.C., and the world-famous Rockefeller Center Christmas Tree. There's also one that I had not heard of before, but I highly encourage you to go online and look at pictures of the Christmas tree in Cathedral Square in Vilnius, Lithuania. Mm. I have never seen a more... Vegasy, spectacular, more delightfully colorful and flashy tree than the Vilnius tree. It is a tree nominally. There's always a tree at the center of it, but yeah, it's it been like a layer made cake. Into, they've, made yeah, they've made it into a layer cake. They've made it into an entire circus tent, into a not village. Not a tree. Not a tree. Not a tree. It's Sorry. A, it, what do you mean it's, it's not a tree? tree? There's a tree in there. How is it not a tree? There's no tree. Cause it's there's more hidden. lights than trees. The
1: one this year is like, it's hidden. It's like the tree is just the
0: thing holding it up. Yeah. The tree is, the tree is the cream in the middle of this absolutely bonkers Christmas light Twinkie. I appreciate this exists in the world.
1: Let me put yeah. it that way. I think it's great. I love every plate, but it's almost like a cage. It looks like <laughs> when you, like they're going to eat the tree at a picnic, but they don't want flies to get on it. So they put this yeah. thing over it first.
0: Yeah. Or it looks like it some sort of superhero has built a laser cage to keep this tree inside. This tree has crazy mega powers that yeah. can only be held inside by whatever energy force field is around this tree. Just go and Google the Vilnius tree. It's not going to be the winner because we don't know enough about it. Sorry. <laughs> Honesty and podcasting. Wow. That's but refreshing. it is a, an absolutely beautiful tree. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with some of these movie trees? Yeah, can we, let's eliminate a couple of these. Why well, don't want to, like, well, you know, let's talk it. about, it. we're a podcast, I want we're supposed trim to talk the fact, about stuff.
1: Listen, just because a tree's on this list doesn't mean it deserves an entire segment of this show to talk what about. What tree it.
0: does not deserve a segment of
1: being it's talked about? a Wonderful about. Life Tree is only there because of the bell on it. and The reason the bell rings is because Clarence has helped, uh, what's his name, realize that life's great. And Don't tell me his name, I don't want to remember it right now. I, because I don't want to remember this tree. Like, I, if you, to, uh, The tree is in no way central to that movie in any way, shape, or form.
0: That tree provides one of the main characters of that movie with the one thing he's wanted the entire movie, Hal. The one thing that he's wanted this whole movie and the reason he went down to see George Bailey, Hal. That's the man in question. Uh George Bailey. I don't remember it. I already forgot.
1: If the bell had been on the door and we were doing pop culture doors and you put this door on the list. I would say there's no way this door, not in my house, get that door out of there.
0: It isn't every time a bell on a tree rings. It's just every time a bell rings, which happens constantly. Exactly. Yeah. A bell rings back in the day. Yeah. You'd get a phone call. That little bell would ring 40 times. Yeah. So if I called you up right now, suddenly I'm Nick. Hey, I'm handing out wings. (laughs) All right. Fine. Yeah. Thank you. What other parts of classic Americana Christmas do you want to torch at the beginning I mean, I, of this I want to get down to the four finalists pretty quickly because oh, this
1: is interesting. They're worth talking about. There are four finalists. I thought I it was a so. two-way race. Uh, well, I think there are four very noteworthy trees to discuss. Okay. And the rest of them are varying degrees of, of important. I think – you're now, with the Whoville tree, you're not talking about the one that he collapses like an umbrella and puts in his bag – or anything like that. You're talking about the giant tree where he puts the star on it yes. once his heart has grown three sizes. Yes. Yeah, that's a, a I mean, giant that's a curved, curved tree. Christmas tree. It's fun. It's a fun, susie Christmas tree, but mm. also, like, maybe the least important of the Christmas stuff in that, you know? Yeah, there is a
0: lot more like important. The, gift,
1: the roast beast yeah. is more important. The, I do, I is the roast beast
0: actually more important or is it just yeah. more important because it's called roast beast? He gets to carve it. That's a big honor. Well, he also gets to put the star on the tree, which is the bigger honor: carving the roast beast or putting the star on the tree. Are you hungry? Are you hungry with your eyes or your tummy? I'm hungry the for most... light. I'm hungry for Christmas <laughs> magic, Hal. Yeah, I'm hungry for light. Oh gosh, oh no, it was a zapper that Hal draped over his Vilnius tree.
1: <laughs> you know the joke about the guy who goes to the dentist, and the dentist is like, "All right, why are you here?" He's like, "Well, I think, um, I think I might be a moth." I was, what are you talking about? He's like, I just, I'm pretty sure that I'm a moth. The guy's like, what? I, I, you should be seeing a therapist for that. He's like, yeah, I know. I was like, well, why are you here? He said the light was on. Now I think, um, Hello. if the Christmas story tree is fun, the Christmas story tree is the same gag essentially that's, that's recycled later for National Lampoon's Christmas vacation which is the tree is too big in this case he picks a tree that's too big and it's sort of awkward in their living room yeah he has trouble with the bulbs and they blow fuse and he gets excited because he goes and changes the fuse he puts the topper on it and it's he gets so it's such a bother that when he thinks he's straight he's like yep straight and perfect and
0: it's just it completely at an angle it's amazing it's perfect i would argue though that that tree is not the uh, the christmas tree of that, I would argue that the reason that Christmas tree is important in that movie is mm-hmm. and iconic is not because of what it looks like once it's decorated, though it is fun when they blow the fuse and then you see the silhouette of it at the end of the movie. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would argue it's the scene where they're buying it. That is yeah. a delightful, fun, just a moment in time of Christmas that many people have every year. And it's a fun version of that moment. The iconic version of that particular moment. I don't know if this tree is going to be the winner. I don't think it's going to be. No, it's the
1: originator of the gag, but it, the gag is done way better in National Lampoon because they're, it's... Way Which more gag? 13. The two big yeah, gag? The, the two big, everything about it, like it's shorting out, like yeah. all the things that come with the National Lampoon tree, it's all heightened to like 15. Because well, let's they're, talk they're about that National different,
0: Lampoon tree. Sure. Is this one of Definitely the ones that you think finals. is in the final four? Yeah. No doubt,
1: no doubt. It is a there's so much going on with it from the school. Did you that bring an axe? It, to yeah, to it. Him not having the axe. The act of going to get the tree is a great bit of Griswold family lotsy, but oh, yeah. also the tree catches fire, and that's one of the things like it's one of the inciting incidents that sort of drives him out of his mind. With the yeah. ultimate thing that sends him over the edge being the Jelly of the Month Club membership he gets in lieu of his bonus check.
0: Yeah, it is a perfect comedy Christmas tree. You know what's coming. When they've got the tree all tied up with rope and you hear the tension of those ropes. Yeah. And then as they come in with the scissors, just the sound design in that scene is perfect. And then it's shooting its branches out through the windows. little full. A lot of sap. Uh, the squirrel, not to I'm um, actually you, though, but tis the season. The squirrel is in the second tree when he goes out into his yard after that oh, one burns down. Right. He goes out into his yard with a chainsaw. And cuts down a oh, tree right. from his yard. What's that for? Come over here and I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's a great Christmas tree. It electrocutes the cat to much hilarity. Yeah, that's high up. To- I think you're right, though. I think that National Lampoon ran because a Christmas story walked with their mm-hmm. particular tree. Let's talk about the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I think this is the last of our trees that are involved in pop culture via film and tv
1: i think this of any of these trees that appeared in a television show or movie that this is the one of the greatest consequence because it is a symbol of is a symbol of who charlie brown is Mm -hmm. and its failure initially is a symbol of who charlie brown is as well and then when the lesson is learned of what christmas is when linus comes and gives that passage from the bible and then the kids all realize like oh it's not about the gifts and all these other things it's actually a, it actually has a religious meeting and it's more important but above all uh, but even in addition to all that it's about being together and people that you care about and so the entire community of kids coming together to fix the tree up they all go and get something they all sacrifice something from their home to make that tree better so it's, re- it's super important to the story in a way that none of the other trees – you know, the other trees are either played off as a gag yeah. or they have a bell on them. They, they are a mechanism for that is a payoff to something that happened elsewhere. But this tree, I think figures a little more prominently as an extension of Charlie Brown and even like everybody mocking it. And then eventually they come together in the spirit of Christmas to make it beautiful. And to give it
0: care, like, oh, it just needs a little care. Linus gives his blanket to the tree. I was just going to say one, not only taking stuff from their homes, but you've got one of the main characters giving his prized possession uh-huh. to make this tree. And he's the first one that does it too. He wraps the, uh, from the onset, he wraps his, uh, his baby blue blanket around the base of that tree, yeah. giving Stand it a it tree skirt and making it a proper Christmas tree. I couldn't have said it better myself, brother. That tree has always been my personal in my personal top 2 this is what we'll get to has been in my personal top 2 mm-hmm. for so long i had the uh the little makeshift one have you seen this not makeshift the little uh store bought one they had a a small no. one that came in a little box it looked like a giant toblerone because it came in a triangle box i remember <laughs> the triangle box because like many families we would tuck christmas decorations back in the box they originally came in when we put them up for the holidays. So I remember that triangular box. I remember every year pulling it out. Uh, you'd have to bend your little Christmas tree or your Christmas branch. Basically, it's just a little artificial tree branch with a lone red ornament hanging off of it and the little X cross of wood on the bottom. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, uh, it's iconic. It's the finale of the entire special that, you know, purports to introduce people to the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big contender. And I would argue it has already knocked National Lampoon out of contention, which knocked a Christmas story out of contention. And it's a wonderful life was never really in contention. Do you
1: want to take a break? And then we come back. We can see if some of these real life Christmas trees that we can include the Vilnius tree, uh, even though it's not going to win. I mean, we already talked about it. Let's take a break when we come back. We're going to talk about the Rockefeller Center tree and the National Christmas Tree here in the States. And we're going to see if either of them have the sap to take on uh, right now in the number one position. I make no apologies. We'll be right back. (laughs) If you're Black, you probably love you some Paramore, huh? Or what about the TV show Golden Girls? Ginger Ale? Daytime television? Don't lie. I know you love at least one of them. I'm Sequoia Holmes, pop culturist and host of Black People Love Paramore. Contrary to the title, it is not a podcast about the band Paramore. Each episode, I, along with the special guest co-host, dissect one pop culture topic that mainstream media doesn't necessarily associate with Black people, but we know we like. Tune in every other Thursday to the podcast
0: that's dedicated to helping Black people feel more seen. Black People of Paramore is now on the Maximum Fun Network. Check out the most recent episode featuring Char Jassel today. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that It's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine, and they hardly ever say bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother and Me. All right, let's talk about America's Christmas trees, the great big ones that we go to watch get lit in person or watch get lit on television while our aging rock and pop stars sing holiday favorites for us from a stage. (laughs) There are two versions of this that we love. That is, of course, the National Christmas Tree and the Rockefeller Center Tree. Have you ever gone to see the lighting of either of these? No, it's cold out. You don't, don't like a, not, you don't like an I'm outdoor not, an event? You don't like an outdoor event when it's cold? I do
1: I do when I know if I know when it's gonna happen and that I can get like a good vantage point on it. I don't want to stand in like a giant crowd of people and never have in a giant crowd of people cold, like kind of wedged in. That's not enjoyable to me. I don't like people that much. That's fair.
0: I do love those. I yeah. love going to events this like that. You movie. know this about me. Mm-hmm the Rockefeller tree lighting right in the middle of uh, Rockefeller center. It's for me, that area is, and we'll get to this is what Christmas is all about for me Mm -hmm. personally. That is what Christmas looks like. So that tree always has a particular spot in my heart, but also speaking to, that area not only is that tree i think super important in our national consciousness of what christmas is it's been going since 1931 when it was first erected by the people who were in the process Uh of building rockefeller center at that time Mm -hmm. they erected a 20-foot tree with Uh homemade garlands and decorations on it Uh, and it's been going ever since it is a big launch to the holiday season i think partly because i'm such a child of television And during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, they relentlessly advertised that, hey, we're also about to light this Christmas tree. Yeah. And just that area of Midtown Manhattan, I mean, it's where the Rockettes are. It's the Rockefeller Center is the namesake of the Rockettes. It's all of the the stores around there, Saks and Macy's and all the different Christmas lights and decorations and everything that happens in Midtown Manhattan to make New York City so much the home of America's Christmas that it's where Buddy the Elf went from the North Pole when he came down. Yep. I think it's just an absolutely beautiful symbol of the United States Christmas celebration. Thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a super iconic tree. It's quintessential like New York Christmas time. It's all over television and film mm-hmm. from like portrayals within movies to the episodes of Saturday Night Live around the holidays where they skate in the rink at the bottom and they're mm-hmm. by the tree. It's part of the backdrop, and it's more famous than the National Tree. Also more famous, I was thinking there's another live live tree. It was a live tree. The Disneyland tree that they put up every year. The Disney oh, yeah. World Tree. I wouldn't include – I mean, it's a beautiful tree, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near the status of either of those other two trees. No. I think the National Tree is interesting. National tree. You're talking about the big outdoor tree, not the one in the White House that the right. first lady gets to design. No, this is the one on the mall. It's always interesting to me to see how the different first ladies decorate the White House for Christmas. Like a lot about their taste, but also tells you mm-hmm. sort of what their traditions were, which is endlessly fascinating to me as someone who is a little bit of a design. I'm a design. I wouldn't say like geek or nerd because I don't know enough about it, but I I'm an appreciator of design and a curiosity er of design.
0: Well, then that, I'm curious your thoughts then, as a person who enjoys design. We've talked about this being a pop culture Christmas tree, and we've said best pop culture Christmas tree. I think design can be a big part of that. And sure. where the Charlie Brown tree is not going to win any, any awards for its design initially as it comes out, the Rockefeller tree and the National tree and the Vilnius tree are beautifully designed trees. Do you have a particular favorite First Lady design?
1: I kind of like what Jill Biden's done this year. I took a look at it. It looked really nice. I really like it. It's very classic. I'm a very, like, classic – classic even back to the 50s. Like, what would be classic for them, including, like, the size of the bulbs and, like, blow mold Mm. decorations on the front yard. Those are all things that I enjoy that speak to me. And even something that evokes an earlier time is pleasing to me to look at. I don't like the stark – almost like brutalist stuff that melania did which is you know which is like a forest of strictly white trees that kind of yeah it was just felt very stark and bleak to me i didn't care for it i like more warmth but there are a lot of people who enjoy like a more stark white like that's not a not to be political at all just from Mm. a design aesthetic of what i enjoy that's not it but also i think the design of the national tree and the rockefeller tree are both designed to wow you They're designed to be impressive in their size and their intricacy. So their design is they practically cancel each other out. It's just which one you like more. I would argue that the design of the Charlie Brown Christmas tree is even more important, how barren it is, and then how full it looks after they've all decorated it. So the design of it is also really important and interesting, even though it's not it's not supposed to be pleasing when you see it. You're supposed to look at it and go, oh, that is – he has picked the worst possible tree. It's just a branch and it can't even hold the one ornament that he
0: puts on it. And you're talking about the design of that, like not designed by someone putting lights and ornaments and a star on a Christmas tree, but designed by Charles Schultz to create in his sketchy style what would look like the perfect Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah, I liked. I mean – It's really, it's a tough argument. There's there's not really an argument against the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. The Rockefeller tree, I, I don't think it's the National Christmas tree. Even though the National Christmas tree is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. It was inaugurated in 1923 by Calvin Coolidge. So this is the 100th year of the National Christmas tree. I think it's beautiful. I think the National tree has ornaments on it. In addition to the lights, I think that might be one thing that gives it a bit of a leg up over the Rockefeller tree, but I think the Rockefeller tree, if we're looking at just the two of those to go against the Charlie Brown tree, I think it's going to be the Rockefeller tree because it's more iconic. It's in the heart of it all in New York, and maybe because it doesn't have ornaments covering it and it's the lights that make it spectacular, every night when it comes on, it's like a tree lighting anew, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a part
1: of it. This is personal bias of like this Mm -hmm. idea of like, well, you know, New York is the center of Christmas and it's really Christmas when they light up that giant tree. Like, there is a Philadelphian in you coming out. I think, well, no, there is a smugness, I think, to this idea that New York is the center of everything, including their tree. Yeah. It is a very famous tree. Yeah. There are other giant trees with lights all over them that are really big. It's just they're not in rock. Yeah, Miller but nobody center. does
0: Christmas like New York does domestically. That's exactly it. A lot of people do Christmas
1: differently than New York and they do it wonderfully as well. Yes. So there is something to that. Like the tree is special because it's in New York. It's not a special tree. It's,
0: gi- it's gigantic. It's a huge tree. It's a very, very big tree. It's the centerpiece, I think, of the best collection of Christmas decorations meant to in a very corporate and capitalistic sense evoke the holiday spirit in a way that charlie brown's hand sketched small one ornament tree actually evokes within the human spirit Mm -hmm. so i think in this particular case david is going to defeat goliath because of what david stands for yeah Yeah, I agree. Versus what the other, and the other trees stand for wonderful things. National camaraderie on the national tree, the joy and opulence and flashiness of a beautiful, sparkly New York Christmas with the Rockefeller tree, but your family and your friends coming together to make a simple failure, a beautiful victory. I don't think there's any question. Yeah. People of the world,
1: the greatest Christmas tree is not a million feet tall, covered and bathed in light and with Frankie Valley singing a song when they lit it up the first time, it's just a little branch on two pieces of wood that almost falls apart. It loses the few needles that it has, some of them. Yeah. But in the end, because of a bunch of children with some sort of glandular problem in their heads coming together in the spirit of the holiday, in the spirit of fellowship and love and care, they resuscitate this tree and turn it into something beautiful. And then they sing, A Hark the Herald Angels Sing together, and the credits roll on the
0: best pop culture Christmas tree, the tree from A Charlie Brown Christmas, Asked and Answered. And that's the true meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you did that, people of the world, the spotlight shone on you, much like it did on Linus when he went out and took the stage. Lights, please. <laughs> and now we can all stand on that same stage. And dance in the inimitable fashion. And yet we will all emit that fashion of yeah. all of those characters from a Charlie Brown Christmas. Ah, oh. do you have a, have we talked about this? Do you have a favorite dancer from that particular thing? Oh boy. I think it might be, I think it might be Snoopy. Yeah. He looks so happy. I like shoulders up, neck out, bouncing kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, the one who's doing the Frankenstein from side to side is really good, too. Uh, the Frankenstein's pretty good. A Frankenstein. Everybody just watch that. Just find a gif of that and just watch it on a loop for an hour. It's yeah. uh, it's just pure joy. Mm-hmm. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us via email at wegotthispodcast at com Or
1: you can reach us in our Facebook group. Talk about the trees that are important to you and the trees that you love, whatever your denomination. Even if it's like a spruce tree in your backyard that you like. We like talking trees over the Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash groups slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who's always had a very impressive tree in his own home, but could have been a contender just for the mere amount of pop culture that resides in that dwelling with him in his lair. You can support him at patreon.com slash Ken and maybe uh give him a ton of money and then he can just buy me these things and send them to me. Wouldn't that be nice? Thank you to
0: researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kilman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world around every Christmas tree with whom we would love to sit and sing songs and unwrap gifts and trade cookies and milk and maybe stand in a big circle and sing Wahoo, do re, ba, boo, do. I don't know what the <laughs> nonsense syllables are there but I want to do that with you all of you out there the citizens of we got this ville to you I say thank you thank you thank you for Hal Lublin. I'm Mark Gagliardi Mark Gagliardi I'm Hal Lublin, and don't worry everybody we, we got, got this. this we got this